Welcome back to Upstate Anecdotes, the Shy Institute for Sustainable Communities podcast. My name's Autumn Hines. This is the last episode of this season where we learned about the donut model for social and planetary boundaries. So far, we've looked at what an individual can do to be more sustainable, what corporations are doing, and now we're going to look at how governments are either positively addressing sustainability or how they're negatively impacting it. Over the course of this podcast, I've moved from Georgia to California. Coincidentally, there are examples of government impact everywhere I look. One that's very noticeable is how seriously California took its plastic bag initiative. When I went grocery shopping here, everyone had brought their own bag, or if you need one, you can buy one. Of course, you could just pay the extra 10 cents, but everyone seems to have caught on to it. People were walking in with their bags and I was the only one leaving with a plastic grocery bag. The other example I've seen so far is the gas prices. Gas in South Carolina and Georgia is around $2.50 to $3 pretty consistently, sometimes higher, sometimes lower. In California, the gas prices I've seen have been between $4.25 to a little under $5. That's because on average per gallon of gas, there's about $1.18 of tax that goes to climate programs, like cap-and-trade and and the low-carbon fuel program. This was my first time hearing about a cap-and-trade program, but it's a system that controls carbon emissions and other forms of atmospheric pollution because they set an upper limit to the amount a given business or other organization can produce and allows further capacity to be bought from other organizations that have not used their full allowance. Basically, it makes emitting expensive, so companies will want to emit less. I saw controversy online about the intricacies of the system, and some people hailing it as a compromise between business and environmentalism, while others think it's too strict or it isn't strict enough. This is the sort of controversy governments face when trying to put restrictions on businesses to try to save the environment. It's tricky because government runs on the approval of its people. But also, people look to their governments for how to act. On one hand, if we wait for our governments to catch up to what we know we should do, like reuse bags, then we might be waiting forever. People will take their own initiative or they won't. But if the government waits until everyone is supportive of these ideas, like with the controversial cap and trade legislation, then nothing will ever happen. There are societies in the world that are more conscious of sustainability than we are. And this chicken or egg question is sort of irrelevant now. One of these is Amsterdam. I had the opportunity to visit Amsterdam last year and you could see some of the social changes that are in action over there. People use their own bags, of course, but they also bike more or take public transportation. They don't overconsume products, they recycle. Their government set some of these programs up for them like making bike lanes and creating solid public transportation options in tandem with taxing gasoline. But I recently read their city plan for the next five years, and there's so much more. They call it their circular strategy, and this might seem familiar to you. It's based on the donut. I know, I was excited too. Something to keep in mind is that Amsterdam is leaps and bounds ahead of us, so advocating for the donut probably wasn't as far of a stretch there as it might be in the state of South Carolina. But there are tangible steps to be taken if we follow in Amsterdam's footsteps to eventually get us to a donut-based city plan. 
They're approaching food and organic waste streams, consumer goods, and built environments in their plan with an emphasis on refurbishment and recycling materials instead of more new growth. They're working with manufacturers and businesses by making them become more responsible for what happens to the packaging of their product after it's used. We talked about corporations in the last episode, and I think that link between government and corporations is one of the keys to long-term success, especially with the donut. Governments have the power to tell businesses what they can and can't do in many cases, but sometimes what we're seeing instead is businesses influencing government legislation to their own interests. They pay for these interests to be protected and suppress this kind of legislation. That's why I think what Amsterdam is doing is so key. They're working with them by setting up more recycling facilities, for example, and helping fund research to find alternative ways to package, to ease the transition for businesses away from plastics. We know that there are businesses that outsource labor because paying American minimum wage is too much for them. They would rather severely underpay and mistreat someone than do what's ethical. So sometimes, government regulation pushes businesses to find innovative ways to do the wrong thing. At some point, there needs to be a global reckoning for these types of businesses, but until then, I don't fault the governments who are trying to create a framework that's ethical, sustainable, and ambitious. So what are we left with? What have we decided you and I can do? Starting from the top, we can vote for people who have these shared interests. Better yet, we could run for office. No action is too small if you're making your voice heard. Then you can vote with your dollar. Stop buying new. Shopping secondhand is one of the best ways to shop. Until companies put full labels on their products describing the social and planetary impact their product has, the best thing you can do is to not shop new, but when you do, put as much thought and research into it as you can afford. Lastly, take the time to look a little deeper into the things we've accepted as normal. Some of our daily practices have so much more impact than we think because we all do them. Talk to your friends and family about some changes you're making and maybe they'll take your lead. Thanks for listening to this season of Upstate Anecdotes. It's been such a pleasure to be able to learn so much and to have a place to tell everyone about it. As I mentioned earlier on, I just moved to California to pursue a graduate degree in television writing and producing, and I hope I can use my future platforms to spread knowledge and awareness of these kinds of issues I hold near my heart. There will be a little bit of a break in uploads here as the next podcaster finds their way, but make sure to subscribe to Upstate Anecdotes to be notified when that upload comes. Thanks for listening.